Hi there and welcome to Global Heart Church. Uh, I'm Jared Keane, the senior pastor, and wherever you are tuning in from around the world today, really, really hope and pray that in our planning of this message that it's going to really inspire you for the great journey that you are on and uh, for the great calling that you have in your own life. So enjoy the message and really pray that it's a blessing to you today. Before I start, you might not even know me, but I want to ask you for a favor. Is that cool? Actually, uh, we're going live on Sunday to Melbourne for the first time, Global Heart Church Melbourne. So the favor I do want to ask you is if you know anyone in Melbourne, you went to school in Melbourne, you got any business connections with Melbourne or whatsoever, I want you to encourage them, uh, go onto our Melbourne Facebook, Global Heart Church Melbourne, uh, and steer them towards it, share the page with them, uh, because we're actually going to be streaming to Facebook for the first time, we're going to be a live chat. I'm believing for a whole bunch of people, come on, to be introduced to Jesus for the first time, but also connect with what God is going to do, come on, in the city of Victoria, as we hit there, as we land there sometime next year, in Jesus' name, amen. That's my pre-introduction introduction. But I do want to welcome you, wherever you're watching from, whether you're watching from home, whether you're watching from work, whether you're watching driving, you should be watching the road, uh, whether you're watching from Zambia, whether you're watching from Germany, whether you're watching from Melbourne, I want to say hi to you. I want to say hi to everybody that's here. If you don't know me, my name is Eli. Uh, me and my lovely wife, Fatima, who is, she's not well tonight. She's at home with the kids. Uh, myself and her and, a, and the kids and a fantastic team will be heading to Melbourne soon to start Global Heart Church Melbourne. Super excited about that. But always a privilege to speak in the house of God, to share, to be entrusted with the Word of God. And I believe tonight I've got something that uh, God's been wrestling with me with and I've been working through and I really believe and I hope it bless you. If not, just act like it was good. Tell me it was good after and I'll feel good about myself and I'll be able to sleep in Jesus' name. But uh, I do want to start off with just a bit of a, uh, this is, if you don't know me, this is how I like to see things. But come on, can we, can we all agree that when you come to a place for the first time, when you've got no context, you've got no understanding, maybe church, maybe online you're watching for the first time, this is the first time you've ever watched a church service online, can we all agree that sometimes it's a bit strange? Just look straight ahead if you think the same thing. Maybe you walked in here tonight in this congregation and you saw a few strange things. The music started and some strange words you've never seen before. You're like, what is happening here? And I, and I just like to think like this because I remember the first time I came. And what I did this week, and I'm just going to have a bit of a laugh at the beginning, but I, I sat with the media team today and I got them to just cut up a video for us that best explains maybe your first experience walking into church or if it is your first experience or watching online for the first time, maybe this was your experience as well. So let's just check out the screens of what it's like maybe coming to church for the first time. What is this? Is known for both its colorful kites and its delectable sweets. I've never seen anything like this. <laughs> Too good. Come on, we can have fun. We can have fun in church. 
I remember the first time, well, when I was a new Christian, we used to do this song called We Are Running, and everybody in the aisles would run down one end and then run down the other. Come on. But you know what? The longer you come to church, you know, the more you allow Jesus to do things in your life, this becomes the normal. Come on, this becomes who you are. You know, it becomes normal now not to run down the aisle, but to worship and praise God, to be excited about who God is and what God has done. That becomes normal. Uh, And I'm not just talking about when you come to church or you have a new experience. Isn't it the same when you maybe you you have no context or you you don't know someone's character or you've never met this person, but you hear what they say, but you don't know their background, and sometimes you can interpret what they're saying or how they say it in the wrong way because you have no context on who that person is or who they are, what their personality is like or what their humor is like. Come on, I would be naive to think if you're watching at home, you're watching me right now. If you don't know me, I can imagine some of you are like, who is this guy? He said he's a pastor, but he's got tattoos. I thought pastors can't have tattoos. What's going on? <laughs> I know it's went real quiet, so obviously a lot of you are thinking that, but hey, (laughs) come speak to me after. But you know what, we can, we can think like this, we can, even when it comes uh, uh, to people, and, and isn't that the big dilemma, isn't that the big weight of 2020? Come on, we don't know what's true anymore. We, we don't know who to listen to. We don't know who's telling the truth. We get snippets of people's personalities. We get 15 seconds on their Instagram. We get the best of them, but we don't actually get to know them. We don't actually get to experience them. If you're locked down in Melbourne, you're not experiencing anyone at the moment except for your family. But we get snippets of people. I, I like to think this is why shows, I know none of you guys listen to it here because you're a Christian, but I love listening to the Joe Rogan podcast. Okay, don't email me, but I want to say to you, uh, the reason why I think it's so popular, because he doesn't just do snippets, he does three-hour conversations with people. And the reason why I like to listen to it, because I think God's given me a passion for people. And not just a passion for people, but a, a passion to understand how people think. A passion to understand how people think who don't know God about the things of life. About why is this happening? Why is that happening? So I love to listen to it because I believe God has called me to come on, not just to be stuck in this narrow stream of this is what Christians believe and this is what I believe, but I want to understand what other people believe because I want to be able to communicate to them and go, hey, actually, have you ever thought about this? This is what I understand from God. I want to encourage you when it comes to Jesus. Come on, sometimes I, come on, sometimes we can just get snippets of what Jesus said. Come on, we can hear from our friends, I heard this is what the Bible says. I heard this is what Christians are like. But unless you actually spend time with Jesus, in in, in fact, if you actually don't get time to know the character of Jesus, we can't actually understand the context or who Jesus is or what he actually is or what he's trying to achieve or what he did achieve. So this is where I want to head to tonight. And I want to just, from the onset, tell you so there's no illusion in your mind, I believe in Jesus. And I don't just say that because I'm a Christian. I want to tell you I'm a Christian because the more time I spend with Jesus, the more I get to know him. And that's why I'm a Christian, not because this is a club or this is a fad. But as I've walked this relationship with Jesus, a Christian, a follower of Jesus, I get to know him more and more. And I also want to tell you from the onset, my prayer is, whether you're watching at home or, or, or wherever you're watching from, or you're watching here right now, I want to tell you, whether it's something I say, or the praise and worship, or the live hosting, if you're watching online, that something happens to you today where you walk away and you begin to start that journey getting to know Jesus. That you begin to close that distance between you and Him. 
So if you're taking notes on your phone at home, the title of my message tonight is No Social Distance. <laughs> Could be a bit of controversy if they just take that snippet. You've got to listen to the whole thing. Church said no social distance. No social, no social distance. I'll get there. <laughs> There's a theme constantly, and this is my personality if you do get to know me. But I not only just want to understand what God is like, but I also want to understand and have a grip on what God is not like. I want to know, you know, this is not just who God is, but I also want to uh, uh, debunk misconceptions about God, not just in other people, but in my own mind. See, there's a difference between hearing Bible verses and even reading the Bible than there is studying the Word of God. And there's a difference between studying the Word of God. Come on, this is going to get some arrows thrown at me. There's a difference between studying the Word of God and actually knowing God through the person of Jesus. But I want to encourage you as you study the, God, study the Word of God with the eyes to get to know Jesus, the depth of the Word of God begins to stick out at you. The depth of the Word of God begins to draw you closer to God if that is your ambition in studying the Word of God. And what I want to do to you, uh, to you <laughs> I don't want to do anything to you, but what I want to do with you tonight is I want to walk you through a couple of passages, but this passage has really been rocking me over the last couple of weeks, and in fact, it's where God describes himself for the first time in the Bible. He describes his personality and nature for the first time in the Bible. And it's in Exodus verse 34, uh, 34, 6. And God says this, and just before it comes up on the screen, this is a context where, you know, if you've seen the Ten Commandments with Charleston Heston, that's really showing my age. You know, this is the moment where, where, where Moses, come on, gets the Ten Commandments on the stone tablets. He goes down and all these people have made this gold calf to dance around, getting all crazy and all that sort of stuff. And he smashes the stones. He goes back up and he gets some more tablets. Shorten. And at this moment, God describes his nature to Moses. And it says this in Exodus 34, verse 6. It says, the Lord passed in front of Moses, calling out, Yahweh the Lord. Come on. The God of compassion. Everyone say compassion. This probably would have been a good message for Compassion Weekend. It says, the God of compassion and mercy. I am slow to anger and filled with unfailing love and faithfulness. The first thing that God ever describes himself as in the Bible is a God of compassion. Now, what's, what's exciting about this word compassion? I only get there. Thanks for asking. But this word compassion, okay, this word compassion, it's not written in the Bible in English. I'm going to totally butcher this, but it's the Hebrew word rachum. If you're Jewish out there, I'm sorry. I totally messed that up. It's a bit like when my wife is trying to teach me Spanish at home. My wife speaks Spanish, and she speaks English as well. <laughs> Otherwise, that would be totally weird. Um, but she is hot. Uh, uh, she's not here. Oh my gosh, I'd be in such trouble. But the word is rachum. Okay. <laughs> and uh, the interesting thing about this word rachum, it comes from the, the root word rachum. Uh, sounds totally the same kind of, but they're two different words. But the interesting thing about this word, get this. In the New Testament, it's oikdomos, okay, and shunglong. In Greek, Nico, my Greek friend in Melbourne, just choked on his euros. <laughs> but this root word, rachum, 
This is the interesting part. When he's talking about compassion, the root word for this word is actually womb, like a mother's womb. Okay? So when he's talking about his compassion, he's talking his compassion for us is like, it's got this womby feel. It's like a, it's a feminine word. Okay? I want to encourage you. Come on, this is a bit controversial, but it's true. Come speak to me after. God has both father and mother nature about him. Come on, it says God created man and woman, uh, man and woman in his image. Come on, that's like when you come to church, like myself, if you've had a bad relationship with your father, come on, God can feel that. If you had a bad relationship with your mother, God can feel that. Come on, that's why I believe that a father and mother in a family is important. But if that's missing, God can feel both of them. God has has both father and mother attributes to him. I was thinking about calling this word woke Jesus, but, you know, that would just be, I'd be getting emails galore. Okay, but... (laughs) But he has, he has this, this nature when he's, when he's, when he's talking about this. And, and maybe you've had a bad relationship with your mother. We've all had one, have a mother. M- but maybe you, you don't have children. But this, this, this sticks out to me, this word. Because at the moment, I have a seventh month. I have a, a, a two-year-old girl and a seven-month-year-old boy. Now, I love my children. And I would do anything for my children. And when I see my children cry, it stirs me, but it doesn't stir me like it stirs my wife, their mother. There's a different kind of compassion. Maybe you're a mother in here and you can understand what I'm saying, but when my son, you know, has a bump on his head and my wife is all concerned, we should take him to the doctor, Eli. We should do something. What's wrong with him? Me and my father, securityness is like, he's going to be fine. He's okay. He's going to be good. He's a boy. He'll be fine. But, the, you know, there's something about a mom, this compassion, this concern, this, this inner feeling in her where she just looks at her children and she feels not just for them but feels with them. This is the compassion that God is trying to explain. One of the most beautiful displays of this is in the book of John chapter 11 where we hear this story about a guy called Lazarus. And it says that Lazarus was loved by Jesus. And Lazarus is sick. And Jesus is four days late. And Lazarus dies. But this is the bit where this word compassion is used. In verse 33, Lazarus' sister comes up to Jesus. And it says this. It says, When Jesus looked at Mary and saw her weeping at his feet, and all her friends with her were grieving, He says he shuddered with emotion and was deeply moved with tenderness, there it is, and compassion. He said to them, where did you bury him? Lord, come with us and we'll show you, they replied, and this next verse is so beautiful. And it says, then tears streamed down the face of Jesus. Why is this such a passionate display of this Rahum, motherly compassion? Because what you've got to understand, this is Jesus. This is God in a physical body. This is, this is Jesus. Jesus knows he's about to raise Lazarus from the dead. I don't know about you, but I would be like, it's going to be fine. I'm about to heal him. Don't stress. It's all good. I know it doesn't look good right now, but I'm Jesus. Come on, I'm going to heal this. But it says, no, Jesus, in that moment, even though he knows that it's going to turn around, even though that he knows that he's going to heal Lazarus and raise him from the dead, it says Jesus is overwhelmed. He is deeply moved with compassion. It says that tears stream down his face. 
come on, mums, I don't know about you, but when my son is crying or my daughter is crying, yes, I'll give him a hug, and I'm like, it's going to be okay. You're totally fine. But even when my son's crying and he's crying because he's hungry, my wife sometimes breaks down in tears, not because she knows I could just get some food and feed him, but because she is moved as he is moved. This is the passion, the compassion that God has for us. I tell you this because no matter what you're going through, I tell you this because no matter what's happened to you, I tell you this no matter what you're going through right now, no matter how devastating it is, no matter how heartbroken you are, no matter how distraught you are, God is not a God that says, hey, have faith, I'm testing you. He's a God who sits there and weeps with you and is in your situation and is holding you like a mother eight inches from her face going, I love you. He doesn't hold his past. He doesn't hold your past against you. He doesn't hold what you've done or even what you're doing now or what you're going to do against you. He, he doesn't hold a grudge. In fact, his father's security arms hold you, but then he looks at you with compassion like a mother and says it's going to be okay. In the Old Testament, God describes to us his nature, his character. But in the New Testament, we get to see God's character personified in the person of Jesus. Come on, in John, I read on my arm, 4 verse 24, it says that God is not just, uh, God is, Jesus, sorry, Jesus is God in the flesh. In fact, in the beginning of Matthew, one of the names for God, it says he is Emmanuel, which means God is with us. He's Emmanuel, he is God, is with us. This is, as we get to hear about God in the Old Testament, we get to see who God is through the life of Jesus. We get to experience who God is by witnessing Jesus. And this is a story that I want to talk about. I'm going to finish in just a moment. Van, don't come up. I'll call you. Because if you start playing keys, I'll start crying. But this is a story, and it's in Matthew verse 16. And this is a story where where Jesus is he's walking with his disciples. In fact, it says he's in a place called Caesarea Philippi. And you've got to understand something about Caesarea Philippi. It's a beautiful place. Historians tell us it's on the edge of the Lake of Galilee. And on the other side is the foothills of Mount Hermon. So this is a beautiful, scenic place. And I picture Jesus walking. He's coming to the end of his ministry. He spent three years with his disciples and then all of a sudden, Jesus turns around to his disciples and he asks them a question. And he says to them, who do people say that I am? And I love this. The disciples, they begin to answer this question. And I picture Mark. He, he says, well, Jesus, you know what? I know this is a bit of a touchy subject because he's your friend and he just died recently. But some people are saying that you were John the Baptist raised from the dead. And I picture, you know, uh, uh, Timothy popping over, oh, no, no, Jesus, I hear, I hear some people are saying that you're Elijah, you know, because Elijah was a pretty good guy, and it was prophesied in the Old Testament that Elijah would return before the Messiah would return, and then, no, 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 and then Thomas reaches over and goes, no, 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 I heard you like Jeremiah, they're saying you're like Jeremiah, one of the prophets. See, from a distance, this is Jesus, come on, this is God, but from a distance, people had all sorts of perceptions who Jesus was. But then Jesus says to him, verse 16, or it might be 15, whatever verse I gave you, 15. <laughs> I could hear him stressing out at the back. He didn't give us 16. <laughs> but then he says to them, he says, but what about you? 
What about you guys who have spent three years with me, who've dined, who've walked, who've seen me do miracles, who know the ins and outs of my life, not just my words? Who do you say that I am? It's a total different response. And then I love it. Peter says this, and I'm going to land the plane in just a moment. And the band, you can come now. It's all good. Peter says this, you are the Messiah. He says, you are the son of the living God. Jesus replied, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this is not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but my Father in heaven. This has supernaturally been revealed to you, Peter. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church. On this revelation that you've just had, I will build my church, and the gates of Hades or the gates of hell will not overcome it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. You're going to get some crazy power, Peter. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. I tell you this story. Come on, you got to get this. This is crazy. I'm going to land this plane, as I said. you got to understand who got this revelation. It's Peter. Peter got this revelation. Come on, this is Peter who, in a fit of rage, chops off a guard's ear. Come on, this is Peter, the failed, uneducated fisherman. Come on, this is Peter, in a few days, would deny Jesus three times to his face. Come on, this is Peter, who the Bible says got outrun in a running race by John, even though he had a head start. This is Peter. And I say that to say this, because if God can use Peter, it doesn't matter what you've done in your past. It doesn't matter what you're going to even do in your future. It doesn't matter what mistakes you've made. It doesn't matter who you think you are. When you get a revelation, come on, when you get a revelation of who God is, God is not just going to build. He's not just going to build His church, but He's going to build your life. Come on, and the power of heaven, the power of forgiveness, the power of grace will come upon your life. And as the Scripture says, that things that you found were keeping you bound, things that you could not break on your own, all of a sudden, when you get a revelation of who God is through the person of Jesus Christ, those things that seemed impossible to break on your own will be broken in the mighty name of Jesus. Stand to your feet, I'm going to finish. So my challenge to you tonight, friend, my challenge to you tonight, my friend, is this. Will you answer the invitation to begin to start that journey to have a relationship with God through the person of Jesus Christ? Thank you so much for joining us online today. Really great to have you with us. And special thanks to those also who give online. Your generosity is making the way for others to hear the message of Jesus, both here in Australia and around the world. If you enjoyed today's message, I'd love to encourage you to share this message with a friend, a workmate, a family member. And let's believe together that it will powerfully impact their life for good in Jesus' name. If you're unable to be with us at one of our church locations, uh, both here in Australia and around the world, please join us online every Sunday for Global Heart at Home on YouTube. God bless and have a great week.